0: Jonathan, I'm really glad to be with you today. Um, we want to welcome you to this special Lament and Hope service. This is a way we want to end this last year and begin this new year. And I want to set up the experience that we are going to have together today. Let me set it up with a question. What does it feel like to follow God? What does it feel like to follow Jesus? It's rhetorical, don't answer. Uh, Does it feel like joy? Does it feel like hope? Does it feel like love? Well, sure. But also, consider this. The psalmist David, king of Israel, writes about his journey with God in Psalm 13. How long, Lord... Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? This is called a lament. That's the word that we give that when we read it in the Bible. A lament honors this truth that sometimes following God feels painful, right? Sometimes following God hurts. And a lament makes space just to honor that reality that we all experience. Laments do not play by the rules that the rest of Scripture plays by. Lament is about brutal honesty. And a lament is always written from the perspective of the lamenter. This is where we get to put our own narrative into it. When David says, how long will you hide your face from me? It's worth noting he's not making a theological statement here. He's not saying God is actually up in heaven hiding his face from me. That's not about truth. What that is about is about emotional honesty. He's making an emotionally honest statement, meaning he feels utterly abandoned. By the God who supposedly chose him for something, supposedly loves him, supposedly is walking with him, David continues in this vein in Psalm 13, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. You know, if a lament is written well, it almost makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? Like, it, it begs the question, is it, like, should we talk to God this way? Is this a good idea? D- uh, David says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. I mean, that's not how you talk to God. That's how you talk to, like, a belligerent child, right? Look on me and answer. Um, certainly not polite. It's not how polite people talk to each other. But, you know, here's the thing about politeness, right? Politeness only works when the other person doesn't know what we secretly think about them. Right? So we're polite, and it kind of covers up all of those ugly feelings we might have inside about the person. Uh, but when we're practicing the spiritual discipline of lament, what that means is we give up the pretense that our politeness means anything to an all-knowing God. He doesn't need it. He sees through it. He knows. And lamenting trusts that God not only knows our pain and our ugly thoughts, but that He can in every way handle them. You know, really, when you think about it, lamenting is an act of trust It's an act of trusting that God loves us in a way that doesn't punish honesty. Do you know that about your God? That your God loves you in a way that doesn't punish your honesty. That he invites your honesty. And a heart that laments is a heart that is humble enough to just show up as we are to the throne room of God. You know, I think we find uh, lamenting is is the sort of discipline that reorients our hearts. It reorders our inner life. When we grieve the things that do change, when we grieve things that are not as they should be, it somehow begins to turn our hearts towards those things that do not change. And we see this with David in Psalm 13. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I'll sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Now this is just a verse before he's demanding God answers him. And now he's reminding himself that God is good. You know, this idea of I'll sing the Lord's praise for he's been good to me. The Bible's full of statements of faith like that, right? You read the Bible and there's all sorts of people saying things like that, but we must not make the mistake of separating that hopeful statement of faith from the lament that came just prior to it. The two have to go together. We need both, and they go together. That's why God encourages us to lament. He knows that's the foundation of true faith. That's the foundation of real hope, um, we shouldn't separate them because when we try to kind of skip over the lament and just white-knuckle our way to faith and hope in God, then ultimately we undermine our faith and it becomes dishonest in our heart. It actually weakens our faith. One of my favorite theologians, the late great Fred Rogers, said it this way. He said, anything that's human is mentionable. Anything that's mentionable can be more manageable. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. You know, that's why the Bible, I think, is full of so many laments. It's all throughout the Psalms. It's all throughout the prophets. There is a book called Lamentations. It's the whole book. And I think that's why even Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, took a few friends into this garden and he got away and he poured out this prayer of lament to God. I mean, this is Jesus himself pouring out a prayer of lament to God. What is uniquely true of the Christian faith is this concept of a God who suffers. And even that God, when he was facing his suffering, had to pour out a lament, it was necessary. That's why we need to make lamenting a rhythm in our life, because if we don't, then like Mr. Rogers says, we give those things we won't mention, overwhelming power in our life. And so we lament, because we will never arrive at true trust in God unless we do. You know, as a community, we're realizing this is something we need to make space for, and we're not really sure how to do it. We're going to try. We're going to try to find time for lament. We had this idea that if we were going to make it a part of our community, this time of year would be a really good time of year to lament. We're saying goodbye to 2019. Thank God. Uh, We're saying hello to 2020. I don't know about you. As I look back on this year, uh, there was a lot of good this year in, in my life, in my family's life. Uh, There was some bad, there was a lot of change in our lives. Um, I don't know if you know this, but change always is loss. There's always loss in it. And there's grief in that. Um, I think these transition moments are really good moments to look back and to look forward and to reflect. But a necessary part of that looking back is lamenting and grieving the loss that we've had. However you come today, I want to just encourage you, you have a God who doesn't punish honesty, so come as you are. Uh, this morning we want to make space for both lament and the hope that follows. Uh, it's new for us, and so it's something we haven't done. We, here's what we have in mind to do today. We want to split this morning into four parts. The first two parts are going to be kind of looking backwards. And then the second two parts will be a little bit turned forwards towards the new year. The first part, we just want to spend some time lamenting personal pain and grief and loss during this year. Um, I know so many of us in this community have experienced loss this year. We've asked Cindy Limbrick, one of our pastors, to lead us through that time. But something else that we need to do as God's people, this is the second part, is we need to lament the state of our fallen world. Um, it is always broken. Always painful. And as the people of God, we know we have a God who cares. And so we, as His people, on behalf of this world, raise those prayers to God. And so Molly Wendell is going to lead us through that time um, of just lamenting our fallen world and the brokenness we see here. Then, those last two parts, we're going to turn our eyes towards the future and we're going to invite God to work in our broken places. Susie Bates, one of our pastors, is going to lead us through that time of just inviting his work in our lives. And then lastly, we are going to collectively put our trust in God. And Kyle Collins, one of our pastors, will lead that time where we are fixing our hearts and our minds on those things that never change. And that's a part of the lamenting process. I want to just say this before we begin. You may find, like as we do this this morning, I hope that this is true that you may find that, like, there's something in you that just, it kind of catches, maybe. And you may say, well, gosh, I don't, I feel like we didn't have enough time on that part. I feel like there was something there that I needed to, to spend more time thinking about, praying about, processing, writing about, whatever it is. If you feel that, will you just promise me this? Will you trust that that is the Holy Spirit? And it's not uh, the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, the lament service wasn't all that great. It's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I want to pull you aside. I want to make some special time with you just to process some of this stuff. And will you just set aside that time? You could use the same format that we're using here. Personal grief, grief for our world, uh, inviting God to work, and then fixing our, our hope in God. Um, you could do that personally, you could do that with friends or with family, but if you just feel a nudge this morning that, like, I'm not quite done with this, that's the Holy Spirit inviting you to meet with Him one-on-one. And so I want to encourage you to just listen to that, pay attention to that. I want to invite Cindy Limbrick up. She's going to lead us through this first part after I pray, but I want to ask you to do something. At the end of the rows, like on, on these aisles, Uh, there is under the seat a piece of paper and some pens. If you have a pen, use your own pen. Uh, But if you don't have a pen, there's a few pens there and we can all work together and hopefully, uh, we all need one piece of paper. Even if you're just going to pretend, you don't wanna feel awkward while we're all writing. So just ghost write if you wanna pretend. But take a piece of paper And then work together, we should have enough pins. There's some in the backs of the seats if you run out. And there's some in the balcony, yeah. Alright, so hopefully we all have a piece of paper, we have a pen, if not, keep, keep working on that, uh, we'll get there. Um, if you have to borrow a pen from your neighbor, work together. Let me encourage us just to take a second, and I know there's a lot of us here, we're doing this as a group, we're going to work through this stuff together, just in your heart of hearts, I want you to go to God. I want you to realize this, that he welcomes you as you are. He does not need your politeness. He just needs you. Let me pray over us and then I'll hand it over to Cindy. Lord God, we come to you today um, as we are and uh, Lord, we confess for some weird reason that's sometimes hard for us not good at it. God, I confess I'm not good at that. So God, we ask that you would give us honest hearts, that you would grow our capacity to see ourselves as we are and to come to you just as we are. And Lord God, we ask that you give us humble hearts, hearts that trust that you can handle our emotions, that you can handle our pain and that you are leading us to something new. We put our faith in that today. Lord, we come to you as a family, as the family of God, and we give you all we have to offer, which is ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning you know each one of us we have come in collectively and we're sitting here in this room as a group and yet reality will tell us that each one of us is carrying so many different things on the inside right and how quick we say even this morning when someone says how are you what did we first say I'm fine everything's fine it's all good right that's why I love the honesty that we're gonna experience hopefully this morning Um, you know you may be carrying the loss of someone from this year or past couple of years. You may have change that has affected your job, maybe there's been a move, maybe you've had kids go off to college and your family dynamic has changed in the middle of that. Maybe you've experienced the loss of some friends, maybe you've, ha- you've had dreams for your kids that It's not quite the reality that you're now walking in. Maybe there have been some words spoken this year that have caused some deep pain, or maybe you were the one who actually spoke those words and caused some pain in someone else. Some of us have walked in this morning with our families and yet inside we're struggling with anxiety and depression, fear. Maybe we're just feeling lost. Maybe it's the shattering of dreams, or maybe it's just that our sins themselves are weighing us down. In Psalm 25, David says, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. What I love in this passage with David is how he owns how he feels. He's able to articulate it. He says, I'm lonely. God, turn to me. Look at me. He's able to express those words because he's trusting that God is big enough and that God loves him enough to be honest with him. You know, there's so many different ways that we deal with pain and loss and grief. Um, Sometimes we numb it. Sometimes we run from it. Sometimes we stuff it down. Sometimes we stay in denial of it. Or we can choose to stay present in it, to own it, to express it. And from personal experience, I can tell you that that is not easy to do. But I'm learning in this journey that it is necessary. For to remain in one's pain, grief, or loss, it takes courage. Courage to make the heart-wrenching decision to feel the anger, the sadness, the emptiness, to allow oneself to let the tears run, to own and express those feelings rather than to go numb. It takes courage to journey through it, to learn how to carry it and move forward in discovery of who you are and who God is and that healing that comes. Now, I want to to invite you to take your papers and your pen. And Jonathan's going to demonstrate for us. I want you just to draw a line right down the middle of it. It doesn't matter which direction you go with it. You're just dividing it in half. And I want you to start to think about how you would answer this question. At the end of 2019, what personal pains are in your heart that you need to grieve with God. Maybe that's a word. Maybe you're like, "Mm, I'm not really feeling anything right now. We're going to give you some time. And let me say, kids, let me talk to the kids in the room just for a minute. This is not just an adult thing. I hope each one of you has a piece of paper. And if you don't, ask your parents or whoever you came with um, for a piece of paper. Because let me say something to you. Kids, sometimes we feel like we can't share with our parents or with other friends. Our hurts maybe there's a sadness in our heart that we're not even sure maybe somebody said something to hurt your feelings maybe you've lost some friends this year maybe you changed schools let me say this to you that I wish I had learned way early on in my life is that you can tell God anything and he will still love you so kids if there's something that you need to express this morning this moment is for you too we're gonna give you more than just a minute Don't panic, we've got, there's more coming. Sit in the silence, sit in just this space, this time and answer this question. There might not be anything come to you right off the bat. It may take just a little while. Let the words come. My prayer this morning is that, Lord, that this is the time that you would hear us, that Spirit, that you would prompt us to be honest with ourselves and with you in this time and this space. Amen.
2: But I have come? And dare to confess? By being here, I have found my best. And without a you.
3: We'd like to go ahead and move into a time of lament for our broken state of our world. Would you join me? In Psalm 94, the psalmist declares the ugliness of a world that is fallen and broken, writing, The Lord is a God who avenges. O God who avenges, shine forth, rise up, judge of the earth, pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long, Lord, will the wicked, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, Lord. They oppress your inheritance. They slay the widow and the foreigner. They murder the fatherless. They say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob takes no notice. Lord, our world is so very broken. So today, we come to you grieving. We grieve the great evils of the world. We grieve the constant violence in our world. We grieve when nation, leader, or person chooses violence instead of the way of love. We grieve the poverty in our world. We grieve when systems exploit The poor to preserve the wealth of some at the expense of others. We grieve the presence of slavery in our world. We grieve the way evil people control and own others. We grieve the presence of injustice in our world, and we grieve the failure of our society to do what is right. We grieve the inequality in our world and we grieve that the sins of white supremacy, misogyny, and hate continue to persist. Lord, in our community, we grieve the brokenness of abortion, the heartbreaking reality of suicide, and the racial tensions that remain unresolved. God, we grieve the passivity and the distraction of your church. We grieve the fact that we, as your people, have not better represented you this year. So church, on the other half of your paper, would you go ahead and take a moment to write an answer to this question. At the end of 2019, what about our world do you need to grieve with God? And kids, just like Miss Cindy was talking about, this is for you also. So think a little bit outside of yourselves. What has broken your heart about something that happened at school or in your neighborhood, in your community, things you've seen on the news? What can you go to God with a broken heart about? In a couple moments after Roland, he's going to go ahead and lead us in a song. We're going to ask you to rise up and go to one of these walls. And you're going to roll up your paper and put it inside of there. Um, the prayers that were left in these walls before we're actually going to use for a very special Ash Wednesday service. Um, But Roland will lead us through that. Would you just take a few minutes for now? Would you answer this question? What about our world do you need to grieve with God?
2: This
0: This wall. Uh, Revelation says that our prayers are like incense that rises to heaven. And you may have had times like me in 2019 where you wondered if God heard you, Uh, but He does. Um, One of our favorite things to
2: say around Pulpit Rock is that you are known, you are seen, and you are loved. And that's not just by each other, but that's by God Himself. And so we're going to sing this song over you as you continue to come forward, and I encourage you to add your prayer to the community like incense that rises to heaven.
4: shift our attention this morning to this truth we have a God who is always at work and part of lamenting is calling on him to work Psalm 85 calls on God to work restore us again God our Savior and put away your displeasure toward us will you be angry with us forever Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. I invite you to turn your attention to our two prayer walls. I'm not sure how you felt when you came in here today, but I hope that if you see and hear nothing else this morning that you would see all those prayers and you would hear God whisper to your heart that you are not alone. There's room for you here with these people crying out to God together. We would like to pray over these laments together. I invite you, if you're comfortable, raise your hands toward one of these walls, crying out about your own personal lament, the laments of those people around you. I'm gonna lead us through a response time and then close us in a prayer. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame nor let my enemies triumph over me. In you, Lord God, I put my trust. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. God, we call on you, our Father, and ask that you would indeed give us what is good so that our personal lives and the lives of those around us could yield the harvest of your goodness. May your strength and love go before us and prepare the way for our steps. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: for this last part of the morning we want to put our trust in God and fix our hope on the things that never change we have no promise of what 2020 holds but we do have the promise of who holds it in Psalm 4 David writes many Lord are asking who will bring us prosperity let the light of your face shine on us fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And one of the ways that we can tangibly put our trust in God and fix our hope on him together as a community is by by partaking in communion. As we come to the table together, we celebrate what has already been done for us. As we come to the table, we confess that we cannot do it on our own. That we all need help from heaven. As we come to the table, we recognize that our trusting doesn't just happen once in a moment of time, but that it's a moment by moment turning and trusting. And God, we need your help. So Lord, as we embark upon the year 2020, we do so by trusting in you. Not trusting in circumstances, not trusting in our own effort, but trusting in the things that never change. Your grace for us, your sovereignty, the fact that you never cease from working, that you are not finished and done. Fill us with a hope that does not fail and a peace that surpasses our own ability to understand. do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The tables are now open.
0: to the same truth whether it's Advent whether it's communion we do not have a God who is distant we do not have a God who is disappointed at our struggles we have a God who has suffered and who enters into it with us and if nothing else that's how we need to walk into this new year is knowing that we have a God who is with us in every way We've been doing some different symbols here, trying some new ways of just uh, bringing that to mind. One of them is these trees here. There's ornaments that have uh, people have written the names of people they've lost that they're missing this time of year on these trees. If you've done that, you are welcome to take those ornaments with you today. Um, I think we'll have them next week, too, so you can get them then as well. we also had this idea, I know that this is us as a family together, kids, everyone all together, but uh, we thought maybe we'd leave this sanctuary space as a pl- place of quietness, and if you need to just linger in here for a little bit, you're welcome to do that. Uh, and if you don't, then uh, can I just ask that you kind of be quiet until you get out into the hall, and then you can start your normal morning conversation and all that sort of stuff. Let me pray over us. And when I say amen, you are dismissed in quietness. Lord, we are thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your suffering. Give us hearts that are honest and humble, that receive your presence in our pain and in our hope. Thank you for my family here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.